Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Piggy Bookworm podcast. I am here with Cassandra Thompson. I hope she'll let me call her cast because it's easier. And we are just going to get to talking about books and life and all kinds of fun stuff. So grab a cup of tea and hang on tight. Okay, so being friends with you on Twitter has been amazing, just FYI. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> and I have noticed that you are, you're a mom, you are a small business owner, you're an author, you're a poet, you're a TikTok princess. <laughs> um, how do you do it all? That's like my, I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, I need her to answer that for me tomorrow. Um, so I am restless by nature. And I'm one of those people that I always need to be like doing something, doing a project. Um, I've been in school for, I just graduated, but it was like 10 years of being in school. So oh, wow. I'm used to doing like the mom work school shuffle. So I don't know. I just function well with a lot of stuff going on <laughs> and I don't sleep. <laughs> I tell everybody that and they think I'm joking, but I'm like, I really don't sleep. I'm a night owl. And then I just get up in the morning and drink a bunch of coffee and get it done. <laughs> yeah. I, I love my sleep. I gotta say, I love my sleep, especially now. I mean, I, um, yeah, <laughs> I need my sleep. I, I, when I was pregnant though. Let me tell you, I slept <laughs> for like days. Yeah, I, I have slept. There was like the first, the first time when I just really hit like that 90% sure because I had had several, like we've been trying for two years and I, I have had several false alarms heartbreaking false alarms for anybody that has had any type of fertility issue. I feel your pain y'all. I am telling you. And the first time that I hit like that 90% sure was the weekend right before I had my test. And I, on Friday night, I slept like 10 and a half hours, felt like I hadn't slept at all. Saturday night slept like 10 hours, felt like I hadn't slept at all. And I'm like, okay, y'all, I'm like a week and a half late and I'm exhausted and I'm eating everything in sight. <laughs> Something is up. And I literally told my doctor, I said, if I'm not, I said, you will be running tests to figure out what's wrong because this is not yeah. a normal pan. This is not normal at all. And so my numbers were, um, way higher than I expected. So we'll, we'll see what that means here in a couple of weeks. I see that look on your face. <laughs> I know I'm excited. I have good feelings. So 
so yeah, I, I have I have a lot of really good feelings. I right now I'm just scared that somebody's gonna come up to me and go, Oh, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. You know, because it's not, there's no movement yet. There's, you know, I'm not that far along. And so it's like, I, it's not really real yet. So, yeah, I'm like, therapy session, picky book room style. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love this stuff. It's cool. <laughs> okay. So when I was scheduling for my podcast, I scheduled you for this weekend because it's Valentine's Day. Not because, and I knew that you were going to be the perfect guest for Valentine's Day. Not because you strike me as being necessarily a hopeless romantic who just loves Valentine's Day and, you know, can't do, you know, I have to have all the roses and chocolate. You don't strike me as that kind of person, but you strike me as... It's more of a realistic Valentine's Day person. You know, like, hey, if you want to do something nice for me for Valentine's, come clean my house. (laughs) (laughs) You pegged me. (laughs) Empath, sorry. Um, (laughs) And so I, so I wanted, I wanted something a little bit different for our Valentine's Day. Um, and you know, you are a poet, so I would like to hear a little bit of your poetry if you don't mind. Um, and we are going to talk also about your book, The Ancient Ones, that I have not had a chance to read yet. And I'm very sad about that. Um, so real quick, tell us where you're from. And just, like, a tiny little bit about you. You don't have to, like, go into details or anything like that. So, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Couldn't tell by my accent that <laughs> pointed out to me that I have one. Uh, <laughs> but it's beautiful, so, just, you know. What would you say? Sorry. I said it's beautiful, though, so, you know. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and I, see, I hate talking about myself because I feel like I'm so, like, just your typical, like, person. I just like to go to the library and read books and write a little bit and got a bunch of kids and dogs and that's me <laughs> in a nutshell. <clears throat> well, and that's, you know, one of the things that I think people have connected with on this podcast is I've had, you know, last week I had somebody that on the on the podcast that he doesn't read indie books. Indie books are my absolute favorites. I love all of my indie authors. He doesn't really. Um, so we talked about the Dark Tower series by Stephen King and had an absolute blast. And I think that what I hope at least what people have connected with is that I have I'm having real people on here that just happen to like books. Um, you know, so we get into like all kinds of subjects. I had a lot of McDougal on here and we talked about, um, diversity in fantasy books and how there's not, there's not really a whole lot of diversity in fantasy books. Um, 
And, you know, so we talked about that. And, you know, I had one girl that we talked about, um, Lana, Laura Quinn, I think we talked about um, COVID and <laughs> wear a mask, folks. And, you know, so it's, <laughs> so it's, you know, I think people have, you know, connected with the real people, the real person aspect of it. So you're definitely a very real person. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, one of the things that I adore most about you, and I use that word on purpose, is when you make your TikTok videos, you, <laughs> you absolutely don't mince words, but you're, they're so inspiring and they're so uplifting. Oh um, and I, every time I see one pop up on Twitter, I'm like, play, uh, <laughs> uh, because you, you always have that, that thing that somebody needs to hear your words and somebody needs to hear what you have to say. And I just, I love that about you. So. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, so what are you reading right now? Nothing. There's oh. um, a reason. There's a reason why I have a project going on that I can't talk about yet. Oh no! <laughs> but I will be talking about it next week. But okay. that's been taking up all my reading. Oh, so. okay. Great. <laughs> um, I just finished. Um, I have I have started a thing where I hand my husband my Kindle and say, "Pick me out a book." Oh, I like that. And he, the, the first book he picked out was, it was the funniest thing. He, whenever we're watching TV, we'll hear somebody on the television say, um, it's your duty to do such and such. He giggles and says, he said duty. Every <laughs> single time. My husband is 47 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> And he does that every single time. So he, so I handed him my Kindle one day and I said, pick me out a book. So he scrolls through and he sees this book. It's called Bound by Duty, D-U-T-Y. He hands it back and he says, read Bound by Duty because it has duty in it. <laughs> nice. And I was like, okay. So I read it, ended up loving it, ended up absolutely oh, adoring cool. the book. So I'm really glad. Um, it, I would have been so sad if I'd hated that book. Um, and so I did that again, I think yesterday. I handed him my Kindle and told him to pick me out a book. And he picked me out a book. It's called The Arch of Avublis. No, no idea. Um, it's, the, it's the first book in a series, The Adventurer's Academy series, book one. And I think I got it on BookBub, like two years ago. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into that, but I just finished a book and he's going to be so thrilled that I'm mentioning this by Tim Cagle. If you like legal thrillers at all, this, you have to read this book. Huh. It, I couldn't put it down. I think I read it in like two days and it was like a 400 page book. Oh, wow. I could not put it down. It was, it was very, it kept giving me like John Grisham vibes to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
so, so, so good. Um, I did write a review for it, so I will put a link in the show notes, um, for anybody listening. Um, but it's, it's about this woman that she and her husband at the beginning of the book had been trying for something like two years to get pregnant. And she um, had had just a whole bunch of fertility issues, ended up seeing this doctor who was like top five fertility specialist in the world, like amazing, amazing doctor. And so she goes into labor prematurely. And when she gives birth, while she and her husband are white, their baby is black that she just gave birth to. Oh. And so it's, you know, the legal thriller behind the negligence of the um, clinic and the, um, you know, all of the secrets and all of the lies and all of the, you know, all of that stuff. And it was written so well that I'm telling you I could not put it down. Um. And I love my fantasy books, but every once in a while, you just need a good legal thriller. You just really do. Yeah. And this, I mean, this one, I, this is probably going to be my, if you like legal books, read this book. (laughs) Um, Because I already have one for, like, fantasy. Like, if you like fantasy, this is a book over here. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just, and it, again, it's called Unexpected Enemy by Tim Cagle. Um, and I know you probably read a lot of indie books too. So, um, but yeah, he gave me, he sent me a copy, uh, sometime last year for me to review for him. And I just finally got to it. Um, and I'm so glad I did cause it was so good. Uh, I just, I can't rave about this book enough. Um, so tell us about the ancient ones. Because that is your first book, your debut, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is that it about? Is de- it is definitely not a legal thriller. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I describe it as gossip horror meets dark fantasy. Oh, it nice. Follows, yeah, it follows David, who is the last of the immortals. And I take the readers through ancient Rome, Victorian England, a little bit of Europe, like I, I it's like a, a survey of history, okay, and it spills out his, I don't want to give too much away, because there's lots of secrets, oh, no, but it's about, yeah. his life. <laughs> it's about his life and his discovery as an immortal, so it's cool, So does, read it. <laughs> so does he know he's immortal? Um, not at first, he talks about him when he's a child, Okay. and what brought him to somebody, he meets somebody that kind of shows him the ropes. And then it goes from there. <laughs> okay. That sounds, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I have heard, and I've heard good things about it on Twitter. So, um, it's definitely on my list. I have a backlog, like a mile freaking long. I, me too. I have me so too. many books I want to read and joining Twitter has grown that list exponentially because mm-hmm. getting to know, and I was, when when I first joined Twitter, I was a backlist only, and I wouldn't pay attention to book releases. I wouldn't, you know, pay attention to, and to indie books really at all. And I just had 
had almost no clue what all was out there. And then when I joined Twitter and found the writing community and just how amazing all of you guys are, um, you know, I'm like, I, I don't want to support like mainstream books anymore. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's, that's just, you know, that's just not, if I'm going to, I'm going to do it from the library because I don't want to, you know, I want to save my money for my indie authors and, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was talking to somebody the other day that they were, I guess they were asking what is a good price to charge on Amazon for your book. And, you know, and my thought is, and I hope all of you indie authors are paying attention to this because it's coming from a reader, a reviewer, and a bookworm. So pay attention. If I see a book that's 99 cents, I will buy it, but I'm not going to expect a lot from it. I, I'm going to one, I'm going to assume self-published, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all, but self-published, they don't have the budget for the high end proofreaders and editors. So if I see a book that's 99 cents, I will buy it and I will support you and I will read it, but I'm not going to hold it to very high standards. If I see a book that is $4.99 or more up to around $9.99, 10 bucks is about the most I will pay for a book on Kindle, but anywhere between $4.99 and $10, I will also buy your book and I will read it and I will enjoy it and I will review it when necessary, all of that but I'm gonna hold it to really high standards. I'm going to expect fewer than probably 2% proofreading errors. Right. So if, you know, if you're really proud of your book, price it higher. Because people are going to assume it's high quality and they're actually more likely to buy it if it's not 99 cents. You know, and it's it's nice that you're bringing this up because I feel like the one of the biggest issues with indie and self-pub is the self-esteem. A lot of people are like, oh, people that self-publish are vain, you know, vain and they think that they're so great. That there was a huge thing about Twitter just recently. Oh, um, yeah, I, I read that. Oh. It was insane. Yeah. I feel like as a writer, I was afraid to charge like what I thought my book could be worth or up against other, you know, traditionally published books. I was scared because I I felt like, well, maybe it's not good enough. You know, maybe I'm taking on too much. So I think people struggle there a little bit, like to go ahead and be like this. And that's why like we need each other because we need somebody to be like, listen, your book is awesome. It's okay for you to charge yeah. night for it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I see books that, you know, they're $2.99. And, you know, I'm going to be like right there in the middle between holding it to pretty high standards and holding it to really low standards. Because I read a book that <laughs> this poor author, I am not going to name, I when I bash a book or speak negatively about a book, I refuse to name the title or author. Because I won't kick somebody's baby. I won't do that. Um, but I will talk about books that I disliked. 
I ran into a book that I read it and semi-enjoyed it. One, it was not in my preferred genre. It's just, it, it's not a, a type of book that I read on the regular. It was a romance between two African-American women. Not because I dislike diversity in my books. I'm just not a big romance fan. It's just my thing. Um, and I was reading the book and it was one of those, I think I, I want to say I either got it for free through like BookBub or one of those places, or I saw it for like 99 cents. But the proofreader, this, this poor author, the proofreader, every time she said the word brought, somebody had corrected it to bought every single time in this book. And that, that was just one of those things that I'm like, I won't be buying another one of her books. I'm sorry. I, I won't because, and I get proofreading is expensive. My, which is why I've, I've got mine priced pretty low. Um, because I, my idea is to help those self-published authors and not charge them $1,200 to proofread a, you know, a 50 page book. Um, but you know, I'm like, I read a book and I'm like, I wish they had come to me because <laughs> I could have fixed that for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hold, hold your work to high standards and then price it what it's worth. That's probably the best message as a, as a reader, as a reviewer, as a bookworm, that's probably the best message that I can get to self-published authors is have that confidence to charge what you think your book is worth and people will pay it if yeah. your book is worth it. Yep. You know, it's... I saw a book and I'm finally starting to warm up. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, I, I saw a book recently on Kindle that I started a discussion on Twitter about it because I, I was just curious what people thought, but it was, it was a Kindle book. So ebook for $13.99. That was the face I made. I am not even joking. That's and it was a little high. Yeah. And my, so, and it was a book that I had never heard of. And it was an author that I had never heard of. So I'm like, okay, is this a mainstream author? Or is this just some guy who really, really, really likes his book? And so I started a discussion on Twitter. You know, is $13.99 too high to charge for an ebook? Well, then... People were talking about, you know, well, they charge that for paper books and they charge that for, you know, hard copy. And they, you know, I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's $13.99 for two megabytes of a computer program. <laughs> that's really high. I was like, the most I will spend is like 
I think I, well, last Valentine's Day, I did spend almost $75, but that was on a 12 book series. Oh, and it was well, a series, yeah, and it was a series that I had wanted for, like, a really long time. Um, it was my Valentine's Day present. Um, and, you know, but for an ebook, that's really, really, really high. I doubt you're going to get a whole lot of people paying that much for your book. But they will pay five. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, or they will pay eight. You know, if you've had your book professionally edited and proofread and paid the money for it, charge eight, charge ten. People will see that your book is worth it. This is my my thoughts on the matter. Okay, well, I'm gonna go jack my prices up. <laughs> people will pay it. I'm telling you, people will pay it. Um, well, that's just. I mean, that's really just my my thoughts on the whole pricing issue just as somebody who buys who actually buys books I don't get all of my books for free from authors let me tell you I do actually buy the occasional book <laughs> um but I'm tell but being a book book blogger totally worth it because I get some really awesome free books just saying it's one of my favorite things about being a book blogger um is getting to just work with all of these amazing authors um okay Real quick, since we're almost halfway through our Valentine's Day podcast episode, do you have any poetry that you would like to share with us? That I'd like to or that I will? <laughs> you don't have to. Seriously, no, seriously you don't have to. Okay. I, I don't mind. I promise. It's just always that like moment of like, hmm, my poetry. Um, so, okay. This is from Rise of the Dark Goddess, which is my poetry collection Ooh. that I released um, in December. So that's available on Amazon. And it's actually free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Oh, nice. And I will um, get a link from link for that from you and put it in the show notes. If you want to ship me a DM when we get off here <clears throat> um, okay. with a link to that. Okay, so I'm trying to pick the most unromantic <laughs> <laughs> I can find, which is great because most of these are like that. Okay, but here's one. All right, ready? Okay, we're ready. When he sleeps, I take his hair, weaving strands into spider webs, hoping to catch him when he dreams and take him into my nightmares. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> I don't want to go into nightmares. Uh, uh, that was that was very nice. I like that. Yeah, that gave me chills. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not usually a big poetry fan. Like somebody asked me to read and review their poetry book, whew, I had to say no real quick. Because um, I'm like, I I will read your book. And I will review it, but you won't like it because I will probably tell you that your book is boring. Aww. <laughs> um, I I very much appreciate that other people enjoy poetry. That is just not my thing. But that poem gave me chills, so good job there. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so quick question: What is your favorite? 
part about being in the writing community on Twitter? There's so many good parts. Okay, top five. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I could lump it all into, I love the connections that I make. Um, I love a lot of people that I've met. And I think for me, I was always, outwardly, I can be really sociable and I can be really, um, I can just fit wherever I need to be, you know, whether it's like a mom group or, you know, wherever I need to go, I can kind of adjust. But with the writing community, I feel like I can be me, completely me, and there's a bunch of people that understand exactly where I'm coming from, and that's, like, really refreshing. We see your weirdness, and we love you for it. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Just having creative people in my life. I never – I was always the weirdo. So to have those people um, – and it's – somebody somebody told me – you know, that your connections online aren't as good as your connections in real life. And I couldn't disagree more with that statement because I feel like I've made some actual genuine connections just over Twitter. Yeah, People absolutely. I every day, they feel like my, my family, my friends, you know, and I don't know, that's, that's something that you can't, you can't get often. And I think that that's something special about the writing community is that, um, because I know I'm not alone there. There's a lot of us that Oh, out. yeah, totally. Like, if you, came to, if you came to Tulsa, we would be going to lunch. There would be right. no way that you would be getting out of coming to see me. Um, yeah. There's one girl on Twitter, um, Penny Hooper. Um, she lives in Scotland currently, but she is going to be doing a charity drive across Route 66 here in the U.S., which literally comes right through the center of my town, right through the center of Tulsa. And I have told her, you are not leaving Tulsa until we go to lunch. She's not, not going to happen. And she's from Scotland. Well, she's British, but she's from, you know, she lives in Scotland. So, you know, the fact that, you know, we are able to make those friendships and make those connections with people all over the world to me is just amazing for sure you know and and I agree they feel like they're real friendships I mean we celebrate together we cry together we bemoan together we create together you know and it's it's just it's very it is a very real connection between all of us and I think that we all feel it because we all have that creative soul Yeah. You know, that, you know, a lot of people don't have and a lot of people don't get that, you know, creatives need their own people. And I cannot state that more emphatically. (laughs) We need our own people. And we get each other when we're crazy. Like, that's my favorite part is that I have friends when they're in a moment or they're emotional or whatever, we just seem to know intuitively how to take care of each other because we're similar that way. Yeah. I think to be, you know, creative, you live with your emotions on the surface. You know, we all have these, you know, emotions that we're putting out into our books and our poetry. So we're kind of raw and it, it, it helps to have people that get that. Well, and it, you know, and you, you mentioned being raw. It's, it's a vulnerability that a lot of people don't, they don't get, you know, and, you know, me, you know, I 
basically critique other people's books. <laughs> so I, you know, just even as a blogger, I have to kind of understand that part of it. And, you know, because when I'm reviewing somebody's book, I, I am taking their work and putting my opinion to it. So, you know, book bloggers, yeah, every once in a while, we're going to come across a book that we absolutely hated. It's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I read one book that, this poor book, oh my God. Again, not going to name the title of it, but it was a book where a woman was coming out of an extremely traumatic experience, like a 10 year long, extremely traumatic experience. She gets rescued by this guy. Two weeks later, she's hopping into bed with him. (laughs) That, you know, and so my reaction to that was, okay, this book on the surface is pretty good. But I can tell that author has never had a traumatic experience as a woman in his life. Because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's just not. I mean, she had been, you know, not only was she traumatized, she was traumatized as a sex slave. Oh, no. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm reading this book and I'm like, no, 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 no. And it was a male author? It was a male author. Oh. That just had, that just had no clue. Mm. And so it's, find your sensitivity readers when you need to. Please find your psych majors when you need to. (laughs) Please find somebody who has been through a trauma and ask them, are you going to sleep with somebody two weeks after meeting them if you've been a sex slave for 10 years? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) If he goes to touch me two weeks later, I'm probably going to punch him in the face. Just probably going to happen. You know, so every once in a while, I will run across a book that I'm like, just cringe. No. Most, I will say, most, probably 98% of the books that I have read from the writing community have been amazing. And I love that. And my favorite thing about being a book blogger is getting to take those books that maybe not a lot of people would read and maybe not a lot of people would see because Amazon is huge and try to get some eyes on those amazing books. So, okay. As a author, do you review other people's books from your yeah. writing community? Yeah. That, um, I, I wish I could do more. I'm super busy, but I try, especially from the horror community, the indie horror community. Um, I actually just reviewed, I'm going to butcher her name, Sarah Taplinger. It was a poetry book um, based on H.H. H. Holmes. It was so, I mean, I was blown away by this book. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I'll, I will book blog 
occasionally when I have time. <laughs> she blew me away because apparently it's it's um, Women in Horror Month, and as a horror writer, I thought it would be cool like if I just did a little bit of whatever I could to to build up some women in horror for this month. So oh, nice! Yeah, I, I had no idea. Here. I don't read a lot of horror, so I yeah, I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> I am more fantasy. And the occasional thriller, but mm-hmm. I I love my fantasy books. Let me tell you, the the books that can, um, you know, urban fantasy is like modern urban fantasy. I'm I'm okay with that. I love the books that they have just created their whole world. Like they could draw a map of this world, and it wouldn't look anything like ours. Yeah. You know, like Lord of the Rings. And, you know, I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned this book every single podcast episode, I think. Um, it's Shadowless by Randall McNally. Um, it's dark epic fantasy. It's amazing. He just, he created this, he created a whole new mythology for this book, not just a whole new world. Like he created like a whole pantheon of gods and yeah, I love stuff like that. Oh my God. This book was, I read it last year and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> I still reckon, you know, every time somebody is like, I need a really good fantasy. I'm like, check this book out. Um, be, I mean, because it's that epitome when I think of, what a dark epic fantasy should be that's what i think of is that book and so it just kind of becomes the yardstick um by which i measure what things should be cool okay so i have been talking a lot i've been talking a lot but that's okay um because it is my show there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so what? Let me think of a really good question for you. What? How many books have you read so far this year? And how many of those would you recommend? to another person like you have to read this book like right now I don't care what genre you like you have to read this book do poetry books count yes okay so I have one see I'm gonna just plug my own authors I feel really bad but I'm publishing an author named Spider Collins his poetry book is coming out March 1st so I read that whole thing edited it put it together amazing Amazing poetry. So that would be one. Um, Chad Ryan. I don't know if you ever see him on Twitter. His Ghost River. I think so. I finally finished that one up. I would highly recommend if you are into shock horror. So you you do not read that book. (laughs) No, probably not. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I have to read a book and like kind of skip through some parts, then I do not (laughs) recommend that to us. Yeah. Any anything that has gross parts that my brain will replay over and over and over. I'm like no. Not that one. Um, and then that one by Sarah, that was, that was, that blew me away. It actually inspired me because I never thought, when I do poetry or when I put a poetry collection together, it's, um, 
you know, just, just poems that kind of come together. They have a common theme. But hers told a story, and it told the story of one of the most infamous serial killers in American history. So that was just... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew <laughs> so the I'm name H.H. Really Holmes like sounded familiar, but I could not place him. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a guy, like, when was it, 18, 1880s, I believe. And he was in Chicago, and he had that big, like, mansion, and he had all those crazy rooms. I don't know if that strikes a bell, but he was... I think so. Yeah, I I actually um, have a few true crime podcasts that I listen to. Okay. Um, so yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard him mentioned in like one or two of those. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to go on a limb and say I definitely have, but I know the name sounds familiar. Um, so, okay, so we have three books. Yeah. Um, speaking of podcasts... What is your favorite podcast besides Piggy Bookworm? I mean, yours. <laughs> <laughs> besides mine, because we know so, mine is everybody's favorite, or um, should be everybody's favorite. I would say, what, what, oh God, I'm going to say it wrong. What the book? And it's Australian. I, I'm going to have to send it to you because I'm going to butcher it and I'm going to butcher her name. But I call her Z on Twitter. I don't know if you've ever seen, she's Australian. Called what, is, what the book or what's the book? I don't think so, but I'm gonna have to check this out simply it's because very supportive. I have not seen very many bookish podcasts. Oh, you'd love her, which She's is great. why I started mine because I'm like, the world needs more bookish podcasts, and we don't always talk about books, obviously, but. <laughs> But we talk enough about books that I feel, you know, pretty confident calling myself a bookish podcast. Um, and there just haven't been very many. I mean, there's the currently reading. There's the what should I read next? Um, the New York Times book review. Um, I really like that one. That one's like really cool. Um, they do like author interviews and it's mostly mainstream stuff, but it's still like, super interesting. Um but yeah, I was like, we need more bookish podcasts, so I'll just start one. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Um, and it's, I am telling you, it has been an absolute blast getting to see faces of some of my favorite people on Twitter and getting to know people that I haven't had a chance to talk to, um, you know, like the guy from last week. Um, he's from Pennsylvania, and, you know, we just totally bonded over our love of the Dark Tower series. Let me tell you, that if you it's Stephen King, and if you have not read the Dark Tower series, yeah. you, yeah, everybody has to read that series. I don't care if it's mainstream or not. Everybody <laughs> has to read that series. They, he does such a good job of connecting all of his worlds. And all of his books in one series. And I have noticed, and I am so sorry, because I love your accent so much, I have noticed I'm starting to imitate you. That's okay. <laughs> Please take it as a compliment. I swear it is. I do that with everybody. Um, yeah, when I'm talking to somebody from Britain, it gets really bad. So I have to really concentrate. Um, but, yeah. Everybody needs to read the Dark Tower series. And they have it on audio, so you don't have to actually read. You can, you know, listen while you're cleaning the house. 
Um, let's see. We're almost out of time. So, and we're going to have some silence here because Pam can't think of a good question. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for beginning authors, beginning poets, people in my line of work as book reviewers and bloggers? Do you have any advice for us? Um, I would say research. I'm a huge cheerleader for research. Um, don't go into anything without really learning because I, like you had mentioned with Twitter, I didn't realize how big the indie community, the writing community was. I didn't realize that there were some amazing books out there that are self-published or independently published. So when I found out, you know, I had that that mindset that, you know, oh, if you're not traditionally published, then, you know, you're not that great or whatever. I just thought that because I met, had no idea. And then once I found I, out, I was like, oh, that's so wrong. <laughs> I think know? we, yeah, I think we all did, unfortunately. Yeah, and then, and yeah. now I'm exactly like you. Like, I prefer it. I prefer because it's, it's if they if they do their homework and they're talented and they, and they get, you know, the required editing and, and all that other stuff, you know, everything else, the, <laughs> um, it's it's better. I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say too much, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, why'd you say that in a live podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. In my opinion, I think some of the stories by independently published authors might just be a little bit better than some traditional published authors. Okay, there. I said it. And <laughs> hang me at noon. <laughs> well, and that is, and that is not, and that is not to say. And I'm gonna put a couple words in your mouth just to clarify. That is not to say that being traditionally published is bad. Correct. It's just that traditionally published authors have publicists that go out there and, you know, they do book tours and they do, you know, all of this stuff to get people to pre-order these books and to, you know, order these books and buy these books and, you know, you must have this book and, um, you know, and then, you know, our independently and self-published authors just kind of get left by the wayside because they don't have the funds for that. And that is, you know, I think where people like you, people like me, people like, you know, my fellow book bloggers come in to play, you know, when we see a really good indie book, we're like, you have to read this book. I know it's I, only 99 cents on Kindle, but you have to read this book because it's amazing. And, and I think that, you know, the difference being, yes, absolutely. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I just, yeah. I prefer the stories because, you know, to have something that's marketable, to have something that's going to be profitable, you're going to want a certain type of story. Whereas independently published books and sub, you know, self-published books, they're just writing their story. It, it's not, it hasn't been formulated and, and fixed and shifted by somebody, like, like you said, a publicist or, right. you know, an editor that wants something a specific way. And because of that, like that authentic storytelling for me personally, I love that. So <clears throat> it's like, if you have that story and if you are that author, you know, how are you going to tell us that story? I need to hear it do your research, figure out how you're going to get that story into my hands, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I like the, you know, the self-published and independent authors. They're not writing for the reader. You know, they're a lot of traditionally published authors. They write for the reader and they write what they think is going to sell. Um, you know, and there have been a few traditionally published authors, Stephen King, uh, did I say that out loud? That they, I mean, we're all thinking <laughs> that, you know, he, the Institute comes to mind. Um, I read it last year. I was so excited to read this book. It, the blurb on the inside of the jacket sounded amazing. And I got it from the, you know, I put it on hold at the library and I was so excited when I got my email that I had it and I went and checked it out and I started reading it and I was really, really, really let down. And, you know, while that still happens occasionally with an independent or self-published book, occasionally, I think I've had maybe five in the past year that I've just be really been disappointed by. Um, for the most part, I get an independent or a self-published book and I can feel the author almost there with me. You yeah. know, because they're not, they're writing because they have stories in their heart, in their soul, in their mind that yep. have to come out. Yep. Whether anybody reads them or not, you know, they, they want to tell these stories and you can just kind of feel that when you're reading a self-published or independent book with yeah. traditionally published, you don't always feel that, right. You know, it's like, That's, well, you put to words exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that feeling that authentic connection. I almost yes. feel like there's like a dance between the reader and the writer. I know as a writer, I feel that with a reader, like that connection, it's almost like, I, I'm, I'm giving you my story that's in my brain and it's like, we're doing a little dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. I feel that so much more when I, it, it, I don't know. And I, I feel so bad. I don't mean to like knock anybody down, but for me personally, I like that, that feeling. Yeah. I love having that, you know, and especially, you know, when I did my first podcast episode, I did it with, um, I had Esther, um, cozy with books, uh, book blog, she was my very first guest and we talked about how when we first joined Twitter, authors were just kind of seen as this far off, unattainable, we can't ever touch you kind of entity. And, you know, after joining Twitter and becoming friends you know, not just contacts, not just acquaintances, but actually friends with authors. It kind of made us feel like we were kind of in the in crowd, like, <laughs> you know, back in, back in high school, you know, it was, it just, it makes book bloggers. And I, and I can't really speak for all of them, but for me personally, it makes me feel connected 
to the world in a way that I didn't have before. Right. You know, because there are these authors that, you know, I can say, hey, that's my friend okay. right there, you know, and not just, oh, yeah, I read his book. You know, no, I've actually talked to him about his life. I've actually talked to her about her life. Um, and so that's probably just my very favorite thing about Twitter and the writing community and the, the independent community, because, you know, to be self-published and to be independently published, you have to do a lot of your own marketing. So much work. <laughs> and it's so a lot of work. It really, I don't envy you guys that work at all. Um, but you're, you have to market yourself first. And I had a situation earlier this week. Please don't. Authors, I know you're listening and I love you all. Please don't do this. Please do not tag somebody on Twitter in an ad for your book. Don't do it. Don't. Just don't. I can't say that enough. Just don't. If you and, have... And this is what exactly why you need to research because <laughs> that's horrible Twitter etiquette. <laughs> it's, it has happened to me twice in the past mm. like two or three weeks. And the first, the first person that did it, I very nicely commented. I probably deleted the tweet, you know, three or four times before I got the words right. Cause I didn't want to be rude. But I very nicely said, please don't tag me in an ad for your book. Very nicely. And then early, and then last week, I had the same situation. Please, you know, tag me and then please support my book with a picture of her holding her book and a link to her book. And I'm like, I'm not even following you. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you? I was like, I don't, I don't know you. Never seen you before. Why? And so again, did the same thing. I very nicely commented and said, please don't tag me in an ad for your book. And she basically accused me of being racist. And I'm like, what? It was just kind of my reaction. I'm like, how? What? I hadn't even looked at her picture before I commented. All I saw was, okay, somebody tagged me in their book. I'm not following them. I don't know them. Please don't do that. And so after she said what she said, I went and looked at her picture and I'm like, I, I honestly did not get it. Did not understand it in a million years why she would say something like that. And, you know, I'm like, not everything is about color. Honestly. It's about the fact that you expected me to add legitimacy to your book without having met me or engaged with me in any way. Authors, please don't do that. <laughs> That's a really, really, really great way to alienate the people that help you get your book out there. And, and don't go into people's DMs either with book links. Yes. <laughs> Engage 
first, you know, and one thing that I told this girl too, I said in marketing, you sell yourself first. You're not just selling your book. You're selling yourself. I am more likely to read a book by an author that I like, that I like the person. Even if it's a genre I don't particularly like or read, if I like you as a person, I'm more likely to read your book. You know, I, you know, for, for example, I don't like poetry. We already have discussed this, but I'm really tempted to get your poetry book now. <laughs> just, just to see, just, you know, out of total curiosity, because I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. So it's, yeah, authors, just please don't do that. I can't say it enough. Just please don't. It's, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to your readers. It's not fair to your Twitter followers. It, it's just don't. It's exhausting. Because um, we don't like having to tell you, please don't do that. We, we just don't. Um, and I talk with my hands. My husband's Italian, and he taught me how to talk, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the same exact way. It's, yeah, my, my husband, he can't, if he sat on his hands, he couldn't talk. There, there would be no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I feel like I have kind of taken over the entire conversation. I feel like I talked almost the entire time. Um, but I love that you were here and I love that we got to talk and have you on the podcast and everything. Um, but we're almost out of time. Um, any last final words to our listeners? If you're a writer, no matter if you're traditionally published, independently published, self-pub, keep writing. You are legitimate. I want to hear your work. Keep doing it. That is the perfect close to our episode, I think. Just keep writing, keep doing it keep working. The world needs your stories. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to hit stop.